Welcome, everybody, to NWCZRadio.com, Channel 1's Down the Rabbit Hole. My name is Big D. And I'm Brandon. And, of course, great to have everybody along. Hope you're enjoying the summer wherever you're at. And if wherever you're at is not summer, well, we're baking here in Texas, and I'd love to share some of this heat with you if you'll send some rain our way. <laughs> you'll be sharing that here with me next week. Oh, yeah. You're heading to the big, uh, the big free state. I am. I am. To... to hopefully be looking at a house to buy so well uh we're looking forward to entertaining you here in the free america state of texas we're not trouble free we're not problem free but it's a it's a great place to live there's no doubt about it i i keep looking at everything and what's so funny is all my friends and people that i know they keep saying and trying to point all these bad things in texas and i'm like how about you stop listening to the big media and actually do your own research and you'll figure out that it's actually pretty nice down there Oh, it's great. And what really is funny, because a lot of people in the U.S. and around the world have this view of Texas of super flat, brown, tumbleweeds rolling along, and everybody's you know, walking around with six shooters on their hip, and at high noon, there's gunfire everywhere. And where I live in the Texas Hill Country, even though we've had 100-plus temperatures for two weeks every day, it's very green here, and we have a lot of rolling hills. It's not nothing like it's. It almost looks a little bit like where you live. We have just a different kind of, I'll just say, ground covering. Yeah, it's very dry here, and that that is a thing. But it's a lot greener when I have friends come here. They're like, "It's so green here. We didn't realize it." Yeah, well, that's West Texas, El Paso, yeah. out in the desert. It's a huge state. There's everything here. I don't want to be in West Texas. That's why I'm looking at East Texas. And it's one of those things for me. It's every time I've been down there, because one of my biggest problems most of my life, I'm allergic to nature. I mean, I'm allergic to grass, weeds, and tree pollen. And I live in Washington State. So yep. it, it's one of those things. Every time I've been down there, like my allergies clear up for the like week that I'm down there. And I'm like, I could just imagine how much I could breathe if I lived down here. Oh, yeah. I suffer from the same thing. And I have not had that problem while I'm here. We, we have these trees called juniper trees. People call them cedar trees. When they pollinate, it's pretty bad. But that's once a year for a short time. Nothing. Like, I had to move out of Oregon because of my allergies because it was so yep. bad there. Because they planted that scotch broom everywhere and it just destroys you. Yeah. But, uh, hey, before we get into today's show, last week we put an offer out there for anybody who wanted to email us and get in on possible Zoom call. I want to thank everybody for the responses. And yes. we have picked a couple of, we're actually going to do two. We thought, well, let's just do two. Because yeah. it was why like, not? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> why not, right? Yeah. So I'm not going to name who they are, but you will receive an email from us. And you may have already received it by the time you hear this. So... We're actually picking two people. We're going to set it up, and we will uh, we'll either talk about it and or with their permission, we'll put a little bit of those conversations on a future episode. We're excited because we passed the half million. Now, here's the thing. My wife was asking me about this the other day, and in reality, we passed this long ago. Yes. But with... The system that we use to put our podcast out on the, I would say, the big three formats, Apple, Spotify, and there's a couple of others in there that are 
not as big as those, but based on like numbers that I could literally pull up and say, here you go, look at those. That's where we're at with them. But I know we're on multiple, multiple, multiple platforms. Yeah. And I mean, we're, we're, you know, Fringe Radio Network, uh, NWCZ Radio. I mean, all those places where other places that people can hear it. Plus, there's what, 15 episodes that never aired? Well, not only that, we're on all kind of podcast sites I've never heard of. Yeah. And people have told me, or emailed us and said, I, I listened to you on, on it's like Podbean or Pod Nation or po- whatever. And I'm like, I didn't even know we were there. So we actually passed this number long ago, but as far as a marker that we can literally see and and grasp, it's there. So that's a celebration for us, and we appreciate you. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for people listening and downloading the show. And Mm -hmm. So big kudos to all of you, and you can always email us down the RH at protonmail.com down the rh at protonmail.com for anything questions comments you need resources you got show topic suggestions you want to argue with us or correct us uh whatever i mean we we're big boys we can take it we're not perfect we're never claiming to be perfect and to have all the answers and so if we miss something or we misstep on something we're fine with taking it as long as As long as we can verify that what you're saying is correct, we'll go on the air and say, hey, yeah, we screwed up right here. Yeah, I have no problem with that. I know I know some people do, and I don't. I mean, we, I get that we're not perfect. We'll make mistakes. And if we make mistakes, just let us know. We'll, we, will, we will correct it. I'll even go on the, the episode and tell you, hey, we made this mistake. So-and-so corrected us. This is the actual truth. Well, and we don't claim to be the experts, and I, we are not the experts. In all of these topics that we talk about, what we are good at is research and looking behind, I'll say, the curtain of a lot of this, the narrative that's put out there, digging deep and finding things and and connecting the dots, looking at patterns and connections and all of that. We are very good at that. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. I think we're exceptionally good in those areas. But that doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. Unless you're wrong and we can point it out to you, we'll own up to a mistake. Oh, yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, let's get into today's topic. This is an interesting one because it's sort of all over the map. It's a fascinating story, and and I think the original concept of it got hijacked somewhere along the way. And then they went off into kind of la-la land. But there may be some validity to the La La Land aspect of it. And what we're talking about today is this phenomenon called ley lines. And that's L-E-Y. Ley lines. This came up because we were talking about somebody on a past show who was really into these ley lines. And now I can't remember who it was. Oh, I can't remember, but I do know. I remember talking about it, and I can't remember who it was. But yeah, it came up, and then we started talking about it, and it it, it was a fascinating thing that I wanted to that we wanted to look into. So we figured, why not do a show on it? Yeah, it had to have been one of our the cult leaders that we were talking about at the time. I think so. I don't think it was Jim Jones, but it was it was somebody. 
in research with somebody, we both found it. We're like, hey, did you see this? We're like, yeah, well, let's check that out. Because I, I have heard of them before. In fact, you know, we did an entire show on Art Bell, and that's a guy I listened to a lot growing up. And I remember he had a show on, but he didn't call them ley lines. They called them some, something else, but it was the same concept. And what a ley line is, is it's these alignments that are between historic buildings and landmarks and structures, primarily ancient structures, and according to those who believe it, they all line up in certain patterns. And these yeah. patterns have either energy or some believe they're like a UFO landing spot or they have certain powers within them, certain energy. And then there's others, like if you look at the map of Washington, D.C., we talked about this with the Masons, where it was done on purpose. Some people claim that the Vatican City is laid out in many ley lines. But the original concept of a ley line started in England. We'll go with the history first, the guy who basically literally invented it. Then we will see what he has to say about it because he started several different societies and <laughs> he would get his archaeologists and architecture friends and they would spend weekends walking around England looking for stones and old buildings and you know, all these things. And they were quite serious about it. They were. There, there was a lot of people that got very serious about this, which to me is just fascinating to sit there and see how much they were, what they put into this and some of the things in, that they, the, the connections they make. So especially the newer ones. Yeah, the newer ones I, I think are a little more on the ufo conspiratorial side of things yeah but that's not how it started and that's why i think this is so fascinating because what i heard about ley lines i didn't know that it started with i'll just say an actual theory based on this line that goes basically right through the middle of england and this guy named alfred watkins he was rich and he liked to think outside the box and all this stuff. And he wrote a book in the 20s called The Old Straight Track. His theory was that straight lines could be drawn between these various structures, these historic structures. And his initial theory was that back in the, so this was in the 20s, he was talking about in the really old times, the old, the old days of the, the kings and, and maybe even predating the kings, that it was a trade route. Yeah. Here's how I equate it. If you look at, especially in the west of America, where the original train tracks were laid and rolled through, there are little towns, there are little communities, there are little business centers that were all built up along this railroad. And then mm -hmm. when the railroad stopped running, they became ghost towns. Yes. So this was kind of his theory, but in 1920, he didn't relate it in those terms. And what he's saying is, is that there was a time when people were migrating or they were coming into England and they, were, they would follow this trail. And along this trail, they would build up 
spots for people to stop, maybe small towns, maybe, I don't know, a leather goods place and somebody who worked on wagon wheels, whatever it was. Very much so. And I mean, one of the things that you find, too, is a lot of people put a lot of the religious, you know, going back to the Druids and everything else, how a lot of these places had like cathedrals that have been remade into other religions over and over again and how that that's because they have some kind of power. But at the same time, like you said, or it's just because it was along a trade route. You know, and that makes a lot of sense because you look at a lot of the big towns and the big, you know, the huge cities within Europe um, and pretty much everywhere. They're big cities because those were the trade routes. That's why if you look at like the U.S., most of the big cities are on the coasts. Yeah. And then as the route went inland, they would have to have a stopping point. Or, or it was either from the coast or it were like cattle drives. Yeah. You look at, there's a direct route between Houston and Calgary, Alberta that goes mm-hmm. straight up and that's, they would drive the cattle back and forth every year. And that's why you have a huge rodeo in Houston and a huge rodeo in Calgary. And all along the way is a trail. Now the trail's not there anymore, but back in the day, they would have little small camps and stop off places and they would have forts so they wouldn't be ambushed and so you had basically trade and harbors all the way up well that trail is still there it's just been you know there's big cities in the way now Mm -hmm. and and some of it's out in people's pastures and you know whatever well the oregon trail is the same way yeah and a lot of those places it was just it was if you look at a lot of them where the cities are and the distances that they're from each other it was a day's travel whether it be on foot or by horseback, whichever way they were traveling, it's a one day's travel usually was the distance between cities or, you know, maybe a day or two because that's where people are going to have to stop to get supplies. They could probably, you know, make it three or four days, maybe a week, unless they were running a wagon train before they needed to stop for supplies. Right. So that was his theory. And It was not without mockery at the time when he was even discussing this. A lot of people who were serious archaeologists or scientists at the time considered this quackery, pseudo-archaeology and pseudo-science, and that he was way out there and he was off his rocker. And and there were reasons why they said that. And some of the key points were that in prehistory, as it was also at the present time that he was looking at it, it was impractical to travel in straight lines across all these hills and mountains in, in Britain. And that, so it was unlikely that these were actual trade routes. Now here's where I think it's interesting because I did read a, an article that he wrote where he didn't claim that they traveled in a straight line, right? So let's say you're, I'm traveling, I'm going straight. And then there's a hill in front of me. I can go around the hill and still end up on the other side. You just kind of loop yes. around it and then you continue on. So I don't think he was ever claiming that they only traveled in a straight line. I think he was just looking at, hey, this was point by point by point. Yeah, I mean, or they were flying. Well, now <laughs> you have to wait till we get into the uh, the 60s and all of their crazy theories to get into that. Yeah, or the, the other one that I saw was that they were underground. This goes back to the underground people who live underground and that's why they could go through a hill. Right. 
There also, he started several different, this uh, Alfred Watkins started several different, I would say groups, and they would get together and meet. It wasn't, it wasn't a secret group, but they knew what the, you know, they knew what they were doing. One was called the Straight Track Club, and that was started in 1926, and it continued into the mid-40s. And if you want an inter- you want to look at some of their interesting writings, and there's photos of them trekking around England back in the 30s and the 40s, and a lot of their um, there's a hunter's manual, early British trackaways, the archaic tracks around Cambridge and the old straight track. There's a bunch of writings in this, and I can send you the link to that because it is it's interesting read. It's a very okay. interesting read, and none of it. So this is what I find interesting. They had a problem with him as far as his idea. He was very serious. And he had a lot of, I will say, competent and very smart friends who were history professors and archaeologists and people who were who were not kooks, I'll say. I mean, and that's the hard part is when they don't say what we want them to, and that's the biggest problem we run into with society, when they're not saying what everyone wants them to say, they're all kooks. Right. I think the criticism coming from, I'll say, academia at this time was, I think they were misinterpreting, in my opinion, they were misinterpreting what he was saying. Because if you read through his writings, and I read excerpts from his book, and uh, I read a bunch of his entries into these journals from this straight track club uh, circa 1934, in no way does he ever say anything in there about these lines being mystical or esoteric or any kind of magical or otherworldly lines. Basically, he was just trying to, he was hypothesizing, like I said, that there was this direct route and things were built along the route. And if you look at the line, it does go right through London. It goes, it's almost straight across England. Yeah. I don't really have a problem with that. The problem or I don't know if it's a problem, but the interesting thing to me is that when he died and then his little society and his club, they sort of died out, it just sort of, to use the word lay, it laid there for a while. It just almost died with him because he was the driving force. Yeah. But then in the 60s, is when everything changed on ley lines. And this is where I think you're going to see that people took his idea and ran with it in all directions. And this is where, if you hear today about ley lines, this is probably more of what you're hearing, what we're going to cover right now. Because in the 60s, it was sort of revived by what they called the countercultural earth mysteries movement. There was nothing weird going on in the 60s. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, this is also where the the whole idea of a lot of things got looped into this in the 60s. There's the indigo children. There's, you know, this. There's Stonehenge. I mean, well, they expanded it. See? Yeah. They took Tesla, the original Easter idea. And they, in fact, I'm going to read something to you in a, in a little bit about, the. <laughs> you know, just some people took it to of just a wild extreme because these yeah. so one guy claims or this author claims 
that these are Mother Nature's and Mother Earth's veins, like literal veins. Yeah. So 1961, a guy named Tony Wedd, he put out there that he believed that these ley lines were established by prehistoric communities to guide alien spacecraft. Like I said, flying. Then in 1969, a guy named John Mitchell, he had, um, I think it's an article, The View Over Atlantis, and he expounded on that. And then he launched a magazine called the Lay Hunter Magazine. And they basically picked up where, where Watkins left off, and they started trekking all over England all over the, the, the landscape. And they combined it with this practice called dowsing. Are you familiar with dowsing? Yeah, the dowsing rods and everything like that. We use the rods and they're supposed to cross when you come over. Like usually it's a, you're looking for water. Right. But and they weren't wells. looking for water. They were looking for power. They were looking for power, for energy, energy, for electric fields, for UFOs. They believed some of them created almost like a Bermuda Triangle, and there was there were well, the alien triangle. alien spacecraft or a base in that triangle somewhere in the Earth. And that's it. They figured the Bermuda Triangle actually drawn out. I've heard two. One that it was drawn out. The triangle is drawn out by ley lines, and then another one says that there's, I think, three or four ley lines that all intersect within the the Bermuda Triangle, which is what causes everything to happen in the Bermuda Triangle. Well, and for those of you who weren't around in the '60s, there was a kind of a societal shift going on, and one of the things that be, became, I don't know, popular, I guess for lack of better terms, was this term Age of Aquarius. There was, a big, there was a song that was very popular. It's the dawning of the Age of Aquarius. Everybody was talking about this Age of Aquarius. I love that song. <laughs> well, this got, uh, this got wrapped up into these ley lines. Dowsing, numerology, and all of this, they believed, was aiming towards and heading towards this age of Aquarius that was going to transform and change human society. And they, and these ley lines were all part of it. So, so we took what originally Watkins had, which was, Hey, I think these people all traveled in a straight line and I don't think anything weird's going on here. I just, I'm looking for it, it, Basically it's archeology span is what he was looking yeah. at. And now we're way over here where not only do we have ley lines, but they have extreme significance to all of mankind and all of societies. It's a huge yeah. leap. It's a huge leap. Huge leap. But that, but that's, I mean, once we go through it, I mean, like we said multiple times when we go through a lot of these conspiracies, most of these conspiracies and most of the things we're talking about are huge leaps. So some people do believe that you can detect a ley line by using a pendulum or a dowsing rod. So... If you are curious, a dowsing rod is basically like a tuning fork made out of wood. You know, it's, it's like a chicken foot. So, or you can hold two singular rods that are loose because they'll move around. Walk around your property, and if they cross, you're living on a ley line. Same thing if you have a pendulum, which is basically just put a ball on a string, and you walk around, if it starts swinging... They claim that you're on a ley line. 
But what if I just accidentally make it swing by the movement of my hand? I mean, that's means I'm on a ley line, right? It could. I'm not going to say yes or no. I, I, you know, I've been to your house. You might, it maybe explains a lot of weird things going on there. It could have just said I'm a freak. That's probably what it really is. <laughs> I did find this interesting. There was this guy named Paul Devereaux. He started studying the subject of ley lines and the mystery of Earth and the Earth energies from 1976 to about 1996. Roughly 25 years, but he was publishing this Lay Hunter journal for a while. And then he put out some books. One's called Fairy Paths and Spirit Roads and all this kind of stuff. I read an interview with him, and they were asking him about the sort of relatively modern view of ley lines. And here's what he said. And pay attention to this because I think he actually backtracks on it later. I could be mistaken. He says, quote, they're not there. They don't exist. It's a mirage. Watkins' early concept of lays that would lead to investigations and discoveries for many potential unique and so far unexplained linear features on the earth, but there's no such thing as these esoteric ley lines. This interviewer asked him how we got to the point where many people think of ley lines as these sort of supernatural energy streams running all over the earth. And he said it actually started in a 1936 novel, The Goatfoot God, by occultist Dion Fortune. This was where the idea that ley lines were lines of mystical power were first introduced. And there would be several nonfiction books on the subject between 1936 and 1960. It says, uh, Amy Michael published Flying Saucers and the Straight Line Mystery which examined a wave of UFO sightings in France in the 50s and how they, he speculated that they all followed a straight line. In the 60s, uh, Royal Air Force pilot Tony Wedd speculated that ideas spurned the forming of the Lay Hunters Club and its magazine. The Lay Hunter was a new age a movement in the 60s that basically put the idea out there that this was sort of, a mystical power. And Duveros says, of course, there was a great psychedelic explosion and everyone was tossing acid and whatever. And there was a huge leap of interest in the occult. So you got UFOs and dowsing, which also took a big leap. Ley lines became an interest out of this Malay in the 60s. And I think part of that is right. Oh, yeah. I think it is a lot. I mean, there's a lot of weird interest we got out of the 60s. I mean, feng shui is considered part of being, is just another way of saying ley lines. Um, there's a lot of that stuff that we got out of the 60s that has to do with ley lines. We just call it different things. Yeah, so, but here's the interesting thing. So, at the beginning of this article, and it's a it's a very interesting article, this Duvero, he did a lot of research on it. And like I said, he published this book called Fairy Paths and Spirit Roads. And towards the end of the article this interviewer kind of presses them again, wants to know if there's some sort of connection between these fairy paths and roads and supernatural activity and so forth. So check this out. Duvereau recounts an experience a friend of his had while renting a house. He says she woke up in the middle of the night after falling asleep in a sofa. She saw a monk-like spectral figure gliding through the room and disappearing through a wall. And she thought, quote, I'm going mad. 
A few months later, she had a friend staying over who was sleeping on the sofa, and she freaked out in the middle of the night. When my friend asked what was going on, she said, I just saw this figure, a ghost, walk through the room. So there may be a spirit world that's truly related. If you ask the Koji Indian shaman, they'll tell you that's true. And then he says, there are earth energies everywhere around us in all times. Talks about microwave towers, cell towers, uh, radio, television signals, and on and on and on. And then he says, you can look at this two ways. There may be something about high background radiation that can trigger a hallucinatory episode in some people, or you can say, if you want to be more mysterious, that we simply don't know what's true, whether some kind of time window opens up and people can see clairvoyantly into the future, the past, or whatever. We don't know, but we did notice these effects. So I, it seems to me like he kind of backtracked there. A little bit. Because at first he's like, no, they don't exist. It's a figure of your imagination. It all came out of this malaise from the 60s and everybody's high and hopped up out of their mind. And then by the end of it, he's telling stories. I think the difference is, though, that ley line is a specific thing that Watkins created. And then what he's talking about with this line thing, this fairy path and spirit roads are not the same as ley lines, but it's got conflated. It's kind of like what we talked about, I think it was last week, where we had three different things kind of all under the same umbrella. Yes. So I think what we have here is we have this thing called a ley line, and it's going in multiple directions, all under this one umbrella. So if somebody comes to you and says, hey, have you heard about these ley lines? You're going to have to ask them to be specific. What kind of ley lines are you talking about? Yeah, because there's ones, I mean, and that was the thing that I had in researching this. There were so many different versions. Like you mentioned, you know, that the, the traveling, that's just, you know, was a path that they took. Um, other ones of, you know, that's why civilizations were there because there was power nodes and that's where the power there was, as ley lines crossed, it was a special power that we could get from the earth. And that we could power, you know, our, our equipment um, and stuff like that. There's even people that believe that. I mean, if you've ever seen like the the Disney Atlantis movie, I remember watching with my kids. There was some power that they got from the Earth to be able to use their their fly and do all these crazy things with these crazy equipment. There's many people that believe that is true. That we had something like that, and the ley lines gave off an energy that we were able to use to be able to power that equipment, to power maybe something similar to a cell phone, but different, you know. Well, they also the believe Egyptians that that's those. why UFOs are showing up because they're, it's like we're like a gas station. Yeah. The ley and line is where they replenish and then they take off, and that's why they're not here very long. Yeah, and then it's the other thing, too, is they talk about how that's one of the things, too, why you end up with places like Easter Island where there's no reason to be there. Right. Like, if you really look at a lot of things, a lot of people are like, there's no reason that we would have, any humans would have went to Easter Island unless they had a boat that crashed there, and that's just where they lived. According to this, it says, as far as, like, these lay hunters, some believe that lays only mark a pre-existing energy current, whereas others thought, nevertheless, generally in agreement, that the ley lines were laid out between 5,000 BCE and 2,600 BCE, after the introduction of agriculture, but before the introduction of metal in Britain. For many lay hunters, this Neolithic period was seen as a, quote, golden age in which Britons lived in harmony with the natural environment. And I have heard 
or I, I was to say I read, there's a theory that when there were, I was whatever, druids, and you had more of the monks, and more of the, the earthy people, before mm-hmm. we hit in like any of the any of the ages, like the Iron Age, the Bronze Age, Bronze Age, all this stuff, when they were having to be more in tune with the earth, that they right. would some would seek this out, and that's therefore why they traveled this road, because it powered whatever they had, or it gave gave them some sort of energy or some sort of pathway. That just happens to be the one in England, but they are apparently all over the earth. And that's kind of it. And that's the argument that they have, why big cities, why, you know, the Aztecs, everything like that. The the temples were built where ley lines cross. Um, Stonehenge. Stonehenge, supposedly, there's, I think, 14 ley lines that cross at Stonehenge. And so it's a very powerful energy spot. Um, Like I said, Easter Island. There's supposed to be ley lines that cross at Easter Island. And a lot of people think that maybe where these are at, at some point when we still had a connection to the earth, that we could use these ley lines as travel ports and almost portals to jump from one place to other, kind of back to the, the, the stargates. That these were, you know, natural stargates that we could use just by being in touch with the earth. And a lot of people believe that because we're losing our touch with the earth, by putting down asphalt, by putting down concrete, by wearing rubber shoes. We're taking away, we're getting away from our, our, our earth and we're losing that power. So one of the problems I do have is that there was this, obviously this magazine called The Lay Hunter and it stopped in 1999. 1999 and the last editor was this guy named Danny Sullivan. Once the magazine died, he basically said the interest was no longer there and it was this kind of a dying art but he did say this and i thought it was interesting he noted that the lay hunting community had quote functioned as an indispensable training ground for a small but important group of non-academic scholars who have made a genuine contribution to the study of folklore and mythology then in 2005 there was another guy who sort of tried to resurrect it, and he said, for the most part, ley lines represent an unhappy episode now consigned to history. Like you said, that this was some sort of ancient earth energies that have passed so far into the religious experience of the New Age counterculture of Europe and America that it's unlikely that any test of evidence would bring about an end to to the belief in them. So even they're conceding the fact that this got hijacked. Yeah. That it got stolen from its initial idea, theory, that it got sort of moved over into this esoteric new age bumbo jumbo. And that's where we're at right. That's where we're at now. Because look, you live close to Seattle. Unfortunately, yes. So I couldn't find the date that this happened. I don't remember it happening when I was there, but it could have flown under the radar. But Seattle had a dousing organization called the Geo Group. And they went around the city of Seattle and they plotted out what they believed were ley lines across the city. They stated that, quote, their project made Seattle the first city on earth to balance and and tune its ley line system. 
And the Seattle Arts Commission contributed $5,000 to the project, which brought criticism from members of the public who regarded it as a waste of money. No, it's not a waste of money at all to just... Mm. Well, I tried to look it up, and I'm sure it happened. Seattle's nuts. I don't know when it happened. I don't know who this group is. I never heard of them. It must not have been a really big thing in the news. Or they just tried to hide it because they knew we were all going to lose our minds. Like, really? And this is where I think it's important to look at that because that is a complete hijacking. They're completely misinterpreting, misrepresenting, and misunderstanding this idea of ley lines. That's obviously some sort of wacky group. It's like feng shui or we're getting our city in tune with the great astral star gods or whatever. Because that's yeah. another aspect of that we haven't even touched yet. A lot of people believe, and you can pull up maps, just however you search up, just search up ley line maps. And there are ley lines. The original one is just through England, but they're everywhere now. And people have them coordinating with constellations in the sky. Some of them have them looking like great giant owls or big pentagrams. Here's the thing. The problem I have with that aspect of it is is they're using points on Earth that A, are man-made, and B, were built at like multiple different times throughout history. Yes. So you can't take, for instance, the White House and then draw a line to the Sphinx and then draw a line to uh, the Eiffel Tower and then draw a line to the Grand Canyon and say, look, there's a big eye. It must be the Illuminati. You can't do that. Well, you can. It just doesn't make sense. But that's what we're seeing, and that's the biggest problem we have with ley lines. If you go with the original idea of ley lines, I can kind of see what he's talking about, you know, in the very beginning. But then in the 60s, when they got hijacked, all of a sudden, it just became another excuse for hippy-dippy crazy stuff, which I have nothing wrong with the hippie movement. But sometimes it's like, okay, I think you need to put down the peyote. Yeah. I mean, I still want to try peyote. But well, I think it was a money-making venture for just like a lot of the cults that we cover, mm-hmm. right? And Somebody found this ancient kind of idea. They resurrected it, and like I have the clue, and I know that uh, the UFO spoke to me, and now I know where they're all at. And, hey, you come up with a good theory, and you're charismatic enough. We've, we've gone through this multiple times. You can start a cult based on anything. Yeah. And so and, whether and it was a, it may not have even been a cult, but a group – and there's a lot of people that I, I, you know, podcasts and people that I was reading and blogs and stuff like that of different people and their ideas on this, where they were talking about how they went and followed one of the ley lines. Like, I, there was one, I think it goes through Pennsylvania or something, and I'm like, nobody nobody wants to go to Pennsylvania. So I don't know why there'd be a ley line there. I mean, Well, people have know. done telephone pole ley lines. They've done pizza, yeah. restaurant ley lines. They've done ley lines for... All the strangest swimming pools in people's backyards. I mean, you can make ley lines out of anything. You can. I mean, and that's it. It's where you want to see the power, you know. But, I mean, it's one of those things. If you look at, I like the ones where I was looking at when they were talking about the ancient, you know, or the old, old, 
you know, monoliths, not, you know, the new ones that we built, not the White House, not the Statue of Liberty, where they're looking at the Aztec temples and the Mayan temples and Easter Island and looking at those. And I saw some, I mean, there are some ley lines there where you're like, that kind of makes sense, where I think it was, I was trying to remember which, I think it was Easter Island to Stonehenge. There's a ley line that runs through there, and there's like in that line, if you draw a straight line between the two, there's multiple points within that line that are fascinating to be like, wow, that's kind of cool that they're all in the line. But how do we know it's not a coincidence? How do we know, you know, Easter Island isn't where it is because that's where someone stopped on the way across the ocean? Right. Well, in 2004, there was an author named John Bruno, and he wrote the early British trackways index. And this is what he had to say. He said, Watkins never attributed any supernatural significance to the lays. He believed they were simply pathways that had been used for trade or ceremonial purposes. Very ancient in origin, possibly dating back to the Neolithic, certainly pre-Roman time. His obsession with lays was a natural outgrowth of his interest in landscape photography and the love of British countryside. He was an intensely rational person with an active intellect, and I think he would be a bit disappointed at some of the French aspects of ley lines today. Yes. And based on everything I've read about this subject, I listened to this one guy. He, he, was, he was being interviewed on a podcast, and he was talking about these ley lines and the energy fields and the UFOs and the, the mother earth veins and you know, all this stuff. And he, it sounded crazy. And I'm like, that is, I, I bet you he didn't even know who Watkins was. I bet he has no idea. No, probably not. And I mean, it's one of those things that, like the word lay just comes from, I mean, it means clear space. Well, you know, here's right? a article from Kanga.tv. And this is where I think, obviously, they went off. They're going off the wall. It says, just like we have our own energy centers or chakras, Mother Earth also has hers. Yes. When you start looking into the nature of this universe and the Earth, you will start to see how everything is a mirror. Within us is a universe. Around us is a universe. And we're all connected. We are connected to Mother Earth through the subtle electrical current that runs around the entire planet. These electrical currents are known as ley lines and are almost like Mother Earth's veins. Just like we have veins that flow in and out of the heart, Mother Earth has ley lines, which are lines of energy that coil around the Earth in a similar fashion as a strand of DNA. In fact, where the ley lines intersect are believed to be high points of energy or high concentration of electrical charge. So... What this and it goes on and on about the Egyptian, the Egyptians, the pyramids, the Machu Picchu, Stonehenge, Angkor Wat, uh, on and on. Ancient Egyptians, all these supposed ley lines of China and the Dragon Lines. It goes on. It has yep. a map on here. Now, what I find fascinating about this article is they don't even know what a ley line is. No, they hijack the term. Now, they want to say these are energy lines or connection lines or Earth's DNA lines or whatever. Come up with your own term. Okay, fine. That's fine. But this person did no research on what Watkins' original intent was. 
In fact, they say in here, their existence, talking about ley lines, was suggested in 1921 by the amateur archaeologist Alfred Watkins in his book, The Old Straight Track. The believers in ley lines think that the lines and their intersection points resonate a special psychic or mystical energy. Ascribing such characteristics to ley lines has led to the term being classified as pseudoscience. I have a real problem with that sentence because they're sort of by proxy saying that that's what Watkins believed. And we know for a fact, based on what Watkins wrote, based on the people around Watkins, based on his societies and their writings, he didn't believe anything supernatural, esoteric, new age, energy fields, none of that. He, he didn't believe in no. any of that. Not at all. He, he believed in that, like you said, it was just a path. Here's where I think things get disingenuous from these fringe groups that have hijacked it. This is where you have to be really careful when you're reading articles or listening to people talk because you can basically take things out of context and make it say anything. Of course. According but to we the, see that a lot. Yeah, and according to this article, here's what they say. The concept of ley lines was first proposed by Alfred Watkins on June 30th, 21, after Watkins visited Blackwardine in Herefordshire and went riding a horse near some hills. There he noted that many of the footpaths there seemed to connect one hilltop to another in a straight line. He was studying a map, and he noticed places in the alignment, and, quote, the whole thing came to me in a flash, he later told his son. So then the very next paragraph they go off on how this shows because it came to him in a flash. It was a vision. It was sent by probably UFOs or our ancient ancestors, and they were, you know, they were implanting this knowledge in his head and on and on. It's like, no, he he was in just a he was interested. He was out for a walk. He saw a path. He noticed it went straight. Yeah. And just because it came to him in a flash, that's like saying the light bulb went off. Yeah, pretty much all of a sudden, oh, shoot, I had a thought. And that's the biggest problem that we have is we see so many times now when you have something like that with a, someone who did something years ago and suddenly had an um, amazing like, oh, wait, this is a good idea. It's immediate like, oh, my gosh, it came to him from the other side and aliens planted it in his brain. And they no, the guy had a brain. He, he had a thought. He made an observation and said, hey, look, people walk in a straight line. Yeah, and I had never heard this term as well called... Um... I did want to say while you're looking, in that, looking that up, I did find while looking the Seattle Leyline Project on Seattle's website. On their own this. website? It's the seattleartmuseum.com. And what do Seattle. they have to say about it? It actually, there's, there is a picture of it. They, they actually took a picture of it that's located on the third floor near the escalator in the Columbia Tower. But it says, ley lines are electromagnetic lines of Earth energy. They travel in straight lines over the surface of the Earth. Power centers are located where the ley lines begins. Underground water is always present at a ley line power center. Most ancient monuments and cathedrals are located over such power centers. The Geo Group used a sacred design system that they believed had been used by ancient cultures all over the world. The sacred design system includes the use of cosmology, symbolism, landscape design, geomancy, proportion, metrology, and astronomy. So that, and that's, that exactly was the term I was trying to look up, geomancy. I had never heard this term before. Me either. So that's kind of when I saw that, I'm like, what the hell? 
But I mean, and if you look at this ley line map of Seattle, it's, I think they did open a portal to hell because I mean, it is, it's, it's the whole thing. There's just lines drawing all the way through it. I'm afraid to go there tomorrow night and see the comedy show after seeing what's, what's here. So, so according to the Oxford Dictionary, geomancy is the art of placing or arranging buildings or other sites auspiciously. Divination from configurations seen in a handful of earth thrown on the ground or by inter interpreting lines or textures of the ground. Other examples are astrological techniques used in geomancy, including assigning zodiacal rulerships to the geomantic figures, linking geomantic figures to parts of the body based on zodiacal rulers, assigning planetary spirits, intelligences, and genies to the figures based on their ruling planets. So it's you very, said genies. Yeah, uh, sounds kind of kind of cultish to occultish uh, uh, to me. Oh, it all does. I mean, this whole thing, the whole time I've been looking at it, it all sounds occultish to me. Yeah, geomancy is taken from a Greek word, literally means earth divination. It's charts, and it's basically, obviously, what they have hijacked ley lines into being, and then have tried to somehow take what Watkins did, and I would say rather, even though he got criticized for it, and there was some negativity around it and it was called mm -hmm. pseudoscience and all that stuff but you always have naysayers anytime you think outside the box and I, and I don't think he was trying to impress anybody I don't think he was looking for approval from anybody he wasn't trying to force it down anybody's throat and say you must teach this in the schools and this is I'm so right about this I think he just had a cool theory he was rich and he got a bunch of friends they're like hey let's go test this theory out and some things kind of worked and seems seems like he stumbled across something but what they've turned it into, and I think the more important part is, is that if you hear somebody talking about or you read about or you hear this being mentioned, this ley lines, they completely have taken it into <laughs> outer reaches of, of la-la land. Oh, yeah, completely. And, and that's it. I mean, they took an idea, which, I mean, when you think about his idea now – it makes perfect sense that there was a path that people followed. But like you said, I mean, it's one of those things going over hills, stuff like that. But there's nothing in his stuff that said the path went straight through. According to this, geomancy refers to magic that controls the earth and sometimes metal and crystals. In the 19th century, Christian missionaries in China translated feng shui as geomancy due to their observations of local shamans and priests manipulating the flow and direction of energy based on aesthetics, location, position of objects and buildings. And then it goes on to say, geomancy can cover any spiritual, metaphysical, or pseudoscientific practice that is related to the earth. In recent times, the term has been applied to a, a wide range of other occult and fringe activities, including earth mysteries and the introduction of ley lines. So there you go. That's why Seattle's gone off the rails right there. We, we've just answered the whole thing. Yeah. We know what's going on in Seattle. I think I'm afraid to ever drive through Seattle again. Yeah, I am. And I got to spend, actually, I get lucky. Most of the classes next week are in Tacoma. So <laughs> Now I am going to have to go onto every city's website and see if they have ley line their city although uh, from my observation seattle was the only one who's ever done this 
as far as like an official city ley line where it's paid for. And like you said, it's obvious on their website. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. It's straight on their website. I mean, it's on the Seattle. Yeah. See, I just look like Houston. No. <laughs> There's not even like it, it doesn't even come up with any idea of ley lines. Yeah, because even Watkins, one of the things he incorporated was known as the ordinance survey. I was like, what is that? Because he kept referring to this ordinance survey. So I looked it up, and it's the National Mapping Agency for Great Britain. The yeah. agency's name indicates its original military purpose, which was to map Scotland in the wake of the, the Jacobite Rising of 1745. And then it <laughs> talks about the Napoleon napoleonic wars and all so it was this ordnance survey board and they are accountable to the secretary of state for science innovation and technology and it's also a member of the public data group so this is back to the point watkins was not off in la la land he was looking at this from a historic realistic here's here's my theory aspect of it and when he died and it sort of died, it sort of, I'll just say, went into hibernation and then got recreated, they stole the term. I've read certain articles by some of these way out groups where they believe the ley line runs through the city of Atlantis, through certain volcanoes through the you know, Bermuda Triangle, and that they all of these mysteries of the Earth, the Loch Ness Monster, all of them, they're, they're all connected by these ley lines. Well, Watkins' original idea was that a ley line was straight. Yeah. It was a straight line. And if you, <laughs> if you look at the UFO and the, I'll say the New Ager and the way out there ley lines, they're all over the map literally they're wavy they're crisscrossy some of them are they're not complete stars they're, they're they've tried to make all kind of things out of them they've tried to make shapes out of them, stuff like that there was one person that i was listening to that was talking to about how they they adjusted them to fit the curve of the earth um and then they were like well maybe maybe they've changed a little bit because the the pole shift um, there was all sorts of weird things. I did want to say too. I did look up ley lines in Texas. It's there's a folk band out of Austin named Ley Lines, and that's about all you get. I did find them. But, uh, I, yeah, did, I did. Uh, I did keep running into them, so I had to adjust my search because I kept running across the ley line band. But you just hit on a point that, and we'll end with this because I think we have talked about it as much as we can. But yeah. one of the things that all of these. I'll just say new agey groups or whatever, however you want to categorize them, occult groups, whatever. One of the things they don't account for, because they talk about these ley lines going back to the beginning of time, mm -hmm. but they never really answer. So do you believe if you believe in the big bang or if you believe in evolution, this earth's been changing, shifting, moving, land masses have been moving, shifting, going here and there for According to them, billions of years. Yeah. So they couldn't be in a straight line for all of this, you know, all of eternity. Yeah. Now, if you believe in creation, yeah. but even since creation, even if you believe in creation, which I do, I know that based on 
volcanoes, based on floods, based on ice age, based on all kinds of things. What we are living in right now is was not the original setup. No. Things move, they appear, they disappear. Lakes form. You know, all kind of stuff has happened and and it's obvious that at one point the, there were certain places that were connected and they broke off and they moved away. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things a lot of people if you believe that at one point there was one super continent called Pangaea and we all broke off from that and we've been slowly separating apart and moving and scientists have shown that that we we sit on top of tectonic plates that move. So if the ley line went across and crossed through Easter Island 3000 years ago, it's probably somewhere out in the middle of the ocean now. Yeah, that ley moved. line is uh, doesn't exist. Yeah, or it's the ley line is moving with the, the if that's a power point, there wouldn't be a straight ley line because our you know the power is moving with the with, with the, the the earth so it, there is a lot of that that i'm kind of like wait a minute if everything's moving what was you know in a spot three thousand years ago isn't in the same spot the only credibility that i will give to any of the so-called modern ley line theories is because i think what watkins was doing was actually quite interesting way more interesting and realistic than you know what we've got going on now with all these crazy theories about UFO mm-hmm. bases and energy and underground railroads and all that stuff. But I will say, I've traveled quite a bit. You've traveled quite a bit. There are certain places where, and I'll just pull one out right now, like New Mexico and certain parts of Arizona. And even up in like Marfa, Texas, there are certain places that you go to and there is a distinct, different kind of feeling there. Whether it's spiritual, whether it's energy, whether it's some sort of earth vibration, what I don't know. But I have been places where you can, Ireland's another one with certain parts of Ireland where you are walking around and there's nobody around. Nobody's told you a story about the place. There's no connection to like, oh yeah, this is where the Druids met or this is where, none of that. But there's a feeling, and you can't deny it. But it's one of those things we can go back to. Is it a feeling of emotional? Is it a feeling that you're feeling power from some the Druids or God or something at that point? Or is there just a lot of iron in the dirt? Exactly. It's got a magnetic field that's making you feel all wonky. It's like if you go back, and I mean, I used to I watched the ghost shows religiously because they were fun to watch, and I liked making fun of them. And you don't know how many times where people are like, I feel really weird when I go in this room. There's got to be something crazy. Yeah, there's a fuse box right there. Right. And the fuse box it has a bunch of energy kicking off of it that's making you feel funky. Right. Oh, I never thought of that. And that's just it. Maybe when we go to these places, maybe it's not. And it could be some kind of energy. There could be crystals. We've It's shown many times at courts. That's what a lot I'm saying. Those. It could be, I assume, it's something with the earth. Yeah, and the earth vibrates at certain, you know, uh, tones and decibels and everything else that can make you feel certain ways because of the the movement of the tectonic plates. There's a lot of really weird things. I mean, whether you believe in God or creation or whatever, this earth has some amazing things that can make you feel certain ways because of 
just random weird stuff going on in society or it's just a weird place and it suddenly gets quiet you're like okay everything just got weird or you could be standing on i don't know you're standing somewhere you know on the on the ground and underneath you maybe a hundred feet there's a rushing river going through there Mm -hmm. and you know you have no idea it's there because it's an aquifer or something that's going to give you some weird feelings like you know so i guess the bottom line is this i think like I appreciate what Watkins' theory. I appreciate his dedication to his idea. I think he was probably onto something. I think we have, like I said at the beginning, we have that here. We have trails. We have the Lewis and Clark Trail. We have old where the the railroad lines would go, and you hear about ghost towns, and you and then you have cattle trails and all these things. And so basically what he was saying is yeah, this has been going on since the dawn of time. Yeah. As people moved and as people walked around and as people got from here to there, somewhere along the line, people were like, this is as far as I'm going. And, hey, other people are coming, so I'm going to set up a shop. Or they sent the word back like this is the way to go. It's safe. You can go this way. And so it just became a lane. It became a throughway. Yeah, I mean, and it's one sometimes too. That's why we end up with ghost towns because that's the way we all went, and then we found a better way. Well, look at Route sixty six. Yeah, Route sixty six was a major thoroughfare that everybody traveled. It wasn't a, a nostalgic highway; it was the road. Yeah. And then when they built the highways and bypassed it, it became basically a a ghost town along the way, and it got swallowed up. And now it's nostalgic because enough people remember it and they kind of made it. A, I think they made it a historical route, but this happens all the time. And you can see that here in Texas over and over. We have a lot of small towns where the original road, the original connecting road went right through the middle of the town. And then they built a highway, I don't know, five miles out of town and all the businesses moved out there and downtown's empty. And you see it all the time. And I mean, and then you see other ones where there's towns. I mean, you see it all over Washington where there's towns that are just gone that were once there. It's, you know, I mean, the area I grew up in, there was a whole town called Taylor that just doesn't exist anymore. This is the natural progression of man Mm -hmm. and man's movement. Yes. So that's why I don't, that's why I have a hard time with all these I'm going to say it clowns because I'm not buying any of this. I think they hijacked the term, made up a bunch of stuff, and tried to fit their belief system, narrative, their new age philosophy and occult philosophy and all this stuff into it, and they needed a place to put it, and they're like, well, let's use that. Yeah, and there's so many things that they added into it, and a lot of stuff that I was listening to, they started adding in the obelisks you can find all over the world. Oh, they're a part of the ley lines, Um, indigo children all these other crazy theories that came out of the 60s. And it's like you said, I think they're taking everything and throwing it under one umbrella and saying, this is all ley lines. And it's like, no, the ley lines was just, it was a path. Yeah. And all this other stuff, you're just trying to find an excuse to make it be real. And they, they never even dove into what Watkins' original idea no. was and or they tried to take, certain things that he said and fit their narrative to never justify it. No, no one would ever just take the parts that they want to fit their narrative. That would never happen. 
Well, occasionally it does, and I think, <laughs> I think it did here. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, it totally did here, and, and that's it. They took what they saw in it and said, oh, my God, the ley lines and aliens and blah, 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 and you're like, I'm not going to go and say that there's no aliens. I really don't know if they're visiting Earth because I don't want to visit Earth. But well, even if they I, are, I mean, they might be, and there might be UFOs. There might be aliens. There might be all kind. There, all this stuff, I'll just say there's a possibility that a lot of this stuff is legit. But the idea that they stole this ley line theory, this idea, I think he'd be appalled. He'd be shocked at how far out this has gone. I, I think the warning here is, is that a lot of times when you hear something, it's not always as it appears. And you have to dig beyond the headline, beyond the talking point to get to the real story deeper and i just know i watch youtube here and there and i watched you know certain channels and this ley line thing is starting to come up again because they're talking about ufos and government's talking about ufos and so this ley line has become a thing again and it's appalled me at how little anybody knows about what this actually is yeah because they've given it like you said they've given their own narrative i mean and it doesn't change the fact that the aliens might be coming down here to fill up but i don't think it's on the ley lines i think those are just power grid or power areas they found i mean there's a whole bunch of things where calcium soda sodium and whatever they found ways that actually if you put those together you can actually make an electricity through the, the chemical whatever that i found all that stuff randomly but maybe they're filling up that way but i don't think it has anything to do with the ley lines i don't know maybe they're using uh, a certain type of grass yeah. maybe they're using our water i mean who knows i don't even know what they fuel their stuff with so it's the salt water there you go yeah, we got plenty of that. All right, well, I've got the midweek edition. And once again, we picked two people that we're going to do a Zoom call with. Check your email if you haven't already. They'll, they're there. We're going to get that all set up. Thanks to everybody who emailed in about that. I mean, if you really, really, really want to Zoom call with us and, and we didn't pick you, send us an email with your best case uh, presentation as to why. And, yeah. and maybe we'll try to arrange it sometime in the future. Like if you really want to chat with us, we're, we're pretty accommodating, but we, are. we just, we don't have time to do it with everybody. But if you, if you have a um, convincing case that you want to sp spend a couple of moments with us, we'll see if we can arrange that, but we're guaranteeing two. So emails are there. Speaking of email, drop us one at down the RH at protonmail.com down the RH at protonmail.com. In the meantime, I'll see you on Wednesday, and I'm Big D. And I'm Brandon. We're out of here. See you later.